Legal Marketing Studio, a podcast devoted to examining successful marketing strategies driving new business development at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am joined by Zara Watkins and Dana Heights. Dana is the founder of Heights Legal, which provides brief and motion writing services to fellow attorneys as well as litigation support. Zara is an appellate attorney helping attorneys and non-lawyers win state, federal, and immigration cases. Together, they run Deliberate Solos, a networking group for solo practitioner lawyers and the freelance practitioners who support them. Dana, Zara, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having us. At the last meeting, which I was at, of Deliberate Solos, you guys did this exercise asking everyone in the room to talk about their biggest success of the past year and what their goals are for next year. And I thought this was sort of a wonderful encapsulation of what the group is all about. And so even though we maybe would start ordinarily start with networking, I wanted to start with like the supportive aspect of that exercise of showing everybody in the group and celebrating everyone in the group and for what they accomplished and, you know, setting the goals So there's sort of accountability within the group for next year. Could you guys comment on that in whatever direction makes sense? Yeah, that's really well said. Exactly what you said. That's why we did that, because solos often miss out. Well, we do miss out on the supportive aspect of a firm and the feedback that you get from your partners or your associates or even the administrative professionals that work at a firm. And, and firms also put a lot of effort into business planning and reviewing in a, in a very business-like manner, reviewing their past year and then looking forward to the next year. And I think all solos know that they have to do that, but we often don't, partly because we don't have accountability, partly because it's overwhelming. So doing that exercise was sort of a mini or maybe just a, a trigger to, to get the solos thinking about it. Some think about it more than others and, and an opportunity to share with each other regarding that. I think that this last meeting in particular, but the group in general, is kind of a way to celebrate a lot of the things that in a firm, you know, if you get a fantastic result on a motion or if you win an appeal, it's very easy to collect a group of people and go out and, you know, kind of have a celebratory toast. But as solo practitioners, we often don't get that recognition that we're definitely entitled to uh, for our accomplishments. So like Sarah said, this meeting specifically was one way to kind of present that. But that's also something that we try to give our members the chance to do uh, a lot of the time anyway. Both of them sort of speak to some of the challenges that you face as solos. Could you go into a bit what the challenges you face not having the support of that firm and that you're trying to build with deliberate solos? I think for a lot of our members, and for me personally, certainly, there are a lot of commonalities in terms of our growth trajectories as solo practitioners operating our own firms. You know, we don't know how to run a business as a result of our legal educations. And so operating on our own, it's kind of hard to sort of see ourselves as on a growth path that is typical and normal. And, you know, the the hurdles and the obstacles that we're dealing with are entirely par for the course. And it's, um, it's nothing to be overly concerned about necessarily, you know, just because you might have had some challenges hitting your numbers one month, that doesn't mean that your entire practice is going to fall apart, and you're going to have to go back and work for, uh, you know, the last firm that you made a very deliberate choice to flee. So it's, it's very helpful in that regard to appreciate that you're not necessarily out there on your own. Uh, I'll I'll answer with a little more of a, a personal, personally, oh, by the way, for your listeners, this is Zara speaking, so you can distinguish our voices. 
one of the reasons why I really wanted to be a part of a group like this is because as a solo, I was running into situations where I had clients asking me for help with different tasks or areas of the law that I that I didn't have experience in or I wasn't able to serve them. So I wanted to have a network of attorneys that I could and the professionals that assist us, like the paralegals and, and, and bookkeepers, et cetera, that I could utilize myself and then also refer to my clients, who a lot of whom were uh, ha- are lawyers and need different services. So I'm able to help them serve their clients better, help my clients better. And without that, as a solo, you don't get so much relationship building in an ordinary networking event. And I wanted a place where we could we could have more intimate relationship building so that I could actually have the use of of the relationships. So you mentioned there the something about it not being like other networking groups and wanting the relationships that you weren't finding in other networking groups, which, which I suppose brings us to how the group was formed. You know, what was the process and who was involved in that? Well, I'll say that I was part of a networking group quite similar to ours in the wellness industry because I was teaching yoga for a while and had to network with those kinds of people. And I had never heard of a networking group like this. All the networking that I knew about was at bar associations or bars. And and then I, I became part of this networking group for wellness professionals. And they had this new model where they had a, it was not at a bar. It was sort of over lunch most of the time, sometimes in the evening. And it was you know lights on. There was a lot of discussion. There were some relationship building exercises. And, and I thought, wow, this is great. I want this for lawyers because I'm missing it in my legal career. And, and so I wanted to start this group, and I have to confess I was a little bit of a network phobe, networking phobe. I hated networking. So I also had to force myself to do it by creating a group as well. So then I asked Dana if she would join me to create a group like this on this model of how this group, Body Local, was doing it. And that's sort of how the idea got started, and then, and then we started talking about what it would look like and yeah. how to go from there. Well, from there, we basically thought about what it was that we did not like in our other networking experiences. And one of those things is definitely going to a dark bar where it's very loud and kind of yelling at each other over cocktails and throwing business cards around and um, almost with zero follow-up, I would say, or at least a very small amount. Um, So that was one thing that we wanted to steer away from. And then the other one, possibly there are others as well, but one of the other ones was uh, kind of compulsory referrals. So uh, Zara mentioned that we want to see a lot of organic relationships kind of forming. We don't want to force anybody to bring in business. We don't want to exclude anyone because we already have a trust in a state's attorney, for example, and we can only have one trust in a state's attorney. We try to operate from a place kind of of abundance. So um, based on the assumption that uh, there's enough business for everybody. And to kind of cultivate that and these organic relationships and also to bring more value to our members, we decided what we wanted to do with our programming. So we basically have these three different uh, structures for our, for our meetings. And one of them is the pop-up law firm slash practice feature, where we allow our members to come in and talk about their practices. For example, the first one that we had was our bankruptcy practitioner, one of our bankruptcy pr- practitioners, Jim Shenwick, who talked about his practice and kind of gave us an overview. You know, if your client comes to you with a bankruptcy issue, here are some kind of basic screening questions to ask them. Here are some things that you might be able to handle on your own as a non-bankruptcy practitioner. And here is what you might keep 
an eye out for to know if you have to bring in a specialist, quote unquote specialist. So we have the practice feature. We also have the moderated discussions, which is kind of like the meeting that you referenced, our last one, where it's just a chance for people to go around the room and kind of share their recent experiences, share uh, conundrums that they might have been facing in their practices lately. And that gives not only the individuals a chance to see, to get some ideas, but also it gives the other members a chance to see how this person thinks and how how they might process a problem. And are they a person that I might want to send a client to? And then our third aspect is the guest speakers that we bring in. So non-attorneys. So we might have a marketing person come in, or we've had a cybersecurity person. We've had professional organizers. We're going to have public speaking coach come in in January. So um, kind of what we try to do is to bring in people from other industries who are also solos. So we, we definitely try to promote the solo community that way. You know, something that I noticed in the group is that it feels very considered and everything feels very um, put together. Would you say deliberate? It, w- it, does, it does feel <laughs> deliberate, yes. Did this group come out fully formed or has it evolved as you've been putting it together? It's pretty curated. Dana and I put effort into putting into planning the meeting and curating the experience. And we, because we want it to be a place where relationships can flourish. It pretty much started out that way too, because we did Mm -hmm. a lot of planning before we had the first meeting. And then we have had periodic planning meetings, call them executive meetings, (laughs) (laughs) which we have sometimes in, in fun locales. Yes, and but they're always very productive. It's very productive, and and we so we do periodic assessments in our executive meetings and then pre planning, and we plan the contents of our meetings months in advance. We have an editorial calendar that we have already going out to March of next year. We're usually about four to six months ahead. So I think the planning is what makes it feel put together and organized. Yeah, we've been sending out, I guess our first meeting was, what, February 2016. So we've done this twice now that we've sent out surveys to find out, you know, what our members find most helpful. And for that reason, we've kind of tried to bring in more of the discussions and the organic networking parts of things and less, you know, just somebody talking at the group, because that's something that uh, that our members have really enjoyed and benefited from. So we do try to uh, respond to what the needs are that people express. And basically, we just try to figure out what Zara and I ourselves would want from a networking group. That's, you know, as Zara said, basically the the origin of the entire uh, the entire experience. And for example, we, we just got an email today from one of our new members at the end of every meeting or a few days later, Zara sends out an attendee list. So we say, you know, thank you for coming. By the way, here's the, a list of all the people who were there. What are their practice areas and what's their contact info? So that kind of, you know, saves everybody the trouble of having to go around and collect business cards. I mean, maybe you don't need a real estate person this week, but you might, you know, two months down the road and you won't have their business card, but you will have this email that Zara sends. And so well, we just it comes sent from out. Deliver Solo's email. Yes, of course. <laughs> we have our own. We have our own email account, so it does come from the Deliver Solo's. I, I yes, tend to does. put it together. But uh, we got some really nice feedback today from somebody who this is his first meeting, and he was really surprised and happy to see that um, this is something that we can do for people. Talk about planning way ahead and doing the, these surveys as to you know to kind of inform that planning. Is there anything that you've heard from in these surveys or any directions that the group's taken that surprised you that weren't kind of what you had intended right from the get go? I've more looked at it as a service that we're providing to solos like us. 
And so I have a very service attitude about it. And when we send out these surveys, I just want to know what are they liking and what are they not liking? I haven't had any preconceived ideas. I guess we haven't gotten any really bad feedback that says, would you please stop talking (laughs) or make it shorter? No, we also we also make it a short meeting, which is also something that was important to us to have a, a, a meeting that is digestible and able to fit into a busy day. Yeah, there have been things that are interesting. I mean, um, I, I guess if I had to pick something, I would say, you know, the the extent to which people really did like the interactions and the discussions. I mean, one of the things that interests me most personally is hearing from our guest speakers and just kind of um, becoming aware of the different services that are available to lawyers, like a professional organizer who can help make sense of your office, especially if you're trying to go paperless. That was something that uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of in the legal sphere. So I enjoyed that um, myself. But yeah, I, I was, I guess I was surprised that uh, more people weren't into that kind of thing. And they really do want to just have discussions with other lawyers, which I think really speaks to a need that is certainly out there and that I hope that we're meeting. You know, something else that seems to be unique to the group is that you're a group composed primarily of solo attorneys, four solo attorneys, but you do welcome people whose businesses support those attorneys. Could you talk a bit about, and and not just in coming to talk to the members, but even in coming to the meetings just generally, you know, why did you create, you know, allow that sort of that category of member also? Because that they, everyone that is invited to the group is someone who someone else in the group could benefit from knowing and working with. And that's part of the pop-up law firm aspect which is that a law firm is not just the lawyers. The law firm has secretaries, personal assistants, we would call solo or freelance versions of that. Law firms have, have bookkeepers. They have filing clerks. Again, paralegals, word processors. Solos don't have any of that because that's what a solo is, working alone, but you still need a team. And even if you're working on a, on a freelance virtual basis, so that's why the professionals who assist us are invited because we need all of those people on our team as lawyer, uh, as solo lawyers in order to serve our clients. Exactly. And then when we meet them through deliberate solos, not only can we make use of their services as we need to, and I think that's also key that we don't necessarily require them on a regular basis. So it's important to know where they are when we do need them. But we can also pass on their information to our colleagues who might not be members of deliberate solos. And therefore, because R and I work so heavily with other attorneys, we can bring that extra bit of value to the clients that we work with as well, making us more valuable and more um, marketable. And again, it seems like it put you know that aspect of it also puts you back sort of at the center of a, a bigger network. Exactly. I imagine that being at the center of the group does accrue a sort of uh, bonus business development value for you. Is, is that the case or are there other things that you get from the group and from putting all, all the time you put in and building it? Well, like I said before, I'm a networking phobe. So the group for me is, is forcing myself to get out and network because I can often choose not to because the books and the couch are much more interesting to me. I'm a bit of an introvert. So I have to force myself, put myself out there. And so this forces me. So actually it's good for that because it creates a requirement that I go out and network and establish these relationships as much as I don't want to. And it's also been helpful to me because I, again, one of the big reasons why I wanted to start the group was because I was getting too many requests for services that I couldn't provide. And I really want to serve my clients well, so, and keep them happy. And, and I've been able to do that, which has actually helped 
make them happy with me. And then I've gotten referrals from them. And and so there is a, a business development aspect. And I will say too, not to give away any secrets, it's really not that much work. <laughs> it's really manageable. For it the is manageable. Input and the output. It is. I would say that one of the challenges is, I mean, Zara mentioned that we already have our calendar planned basically into March of next year. And I think there was some talk about what we're doing in April as well. So one of the challenges that I run into is we just have so much stuff that we want to bring to our members and just trying to find the best place to put it and kind of the most logical sequence. It's a challenge, but it's a very fun and rewarding one, definitely. And then personally, as far as rewards that I've gotten, yeah, I too am a decided introvert. I can't officially say that I'm any longer a networkophobe, honestly. I mean, since I've been on my own, which is about two and a half years now, I'm starting to find the areas where I actually enjoy networking and to spend my time in a much different way from the way that I used to. So that's that's really beneficial. But as far as, I mean, just organizing the group, it's it's like nothing else that is on my resume, for sure. And it's it's definitely a new skill set. It's something that I really enjoy talking about when I go to other networking events, you know, and I'm able to say, oh, and by the way, you know, it's great to meet you, fellow solo practitioner. I run this networking group and we have... I don't know, close to 200 members on our mailing list. Why don't you, you know, can we add you to the mailing list? Wouldn't you like to join us for our next meeting, which is going to be another CLE that we're producing? That kind of thing. So it's a really nice kind of thing to be able to brag about, frankly. And you both put it on your website. What is the, which is something that I didn't expect when I went to either of your websites. Why, why do you both put it, put it there? Because we don't have a website for Deliver Solos. And people want to see something. Mm-hmm. They ask about it. And we don't have a lot to say. We have our three pillars, values that Dana was talking about before, the pop-up law firm, the business development, et cetera. And so we need a place. I also wanted a place to put a flyer. We were using Meetup for a little bit, but that's not a website and it's kind of clunky. I didn't really like it and we weren't getting any value from it. So we stopped using Meetup to advertise the meetings. So people want to look at something and we don't have a deliberate solo's website. That's the easiest answer for why. We each have a page. We haven't really figured that out too much. Is it working okay? What do you think? <laughs> you <have> legal marketing? <laughs> you looked at it, so. To me, it seems, again, putting you at the center of I mean, it of also brings group. people to our website, of course. And it brings people to your website, so. And it's a way to to kind of, um, not curate, but memorialize uh, what our past meetings have mm-hmm. been. I mean, it's, you know, after a year and a half, it's getting kind of challenging to remember, okay, well, we had this speaker on this month, so that means we don't want to bring in another financial person because we just had one like three right. months ago, that kind of thing. So it's a way for us to keep track of uh, what our meetings have been like, and also uh, kind of a way for us to show off our work. I want to talk next about just, you know, the digital realm. Do you guys do a, a LinkedIn group or a we Twitter? We do have a LinkedIn we group do. and Twitter. Those are the two things mm-hmm. we have. We have a Twitter and a LinkedIn group none of which are getting much traction, but that's on the agenda for December to work on our social social media planning, our social media strategy, shall we say. You can follow us on Twitter at Deliberate Solos or join our LinkedIn group, send us a request, Deliberate Solos. Anything else we need to promote right there? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, perfect. So I wanted to talk also, of the three pillars, the one that I think is sort of most interesting, I mean, people are going to a networking group, there is that business development aspect. But the pop-up law firm seems like a pretty unique kind of thing. It's almost the kind of thing that you'd expect like a bar association to put together. Could you talk a bit about what the pop-up law firm is, why you, you know, make that one of the pillars and, and how it's, how it's been working out and and what people's feedback has been. The pop-up law firm is our phrase for when we have moderated discussions instead of a speaker 
or a CLE. And, well, I guess sometimes a CLE can be considered the pop-up law firm. The idea is getting a group of solos from diverse practice areas and professionals that assist solos, such as human resources, paralegals, word processors, all in a room together. Then we have theme discussions. Sometimes we just have networking time, a lot of networking time, so people can establish the relationships they need to to establish to work on projects together and ask questions. It really is creating the environment that, you know, I worked at a big law firm for two years at the beginning of my career, and I was remembering that when I was thinking about this pop-up law firm part of our vision, because that's what we're, that is a, a hole in the practice of a, of a solo, is being in a room with everybody at the same time, or just being on site to and ha- be able to tap the resources of all the different people. So that's that's what we're trying to create. And and it's pop-up because we don't have a permanent location. We move around. We rent a different space or we, we use one of the members. Members sometimes offer their conference room space. And because we're moving around and because it is temp- very temporary, one hour only, it's a pop-up law firm. Yeah, it's basically a space for our members to problem-solve whether that's related to the substance of their practice or something kind of procedure-wise. So, for example, at our last meeting, we were going around the room doing our original intros, and one person mentioned that his accomplishment for 2017 was having built out his practice in taxi medallions. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, another member who was thinking about expanding his practice in a different direction had the chance to ask a question of this guy, you know, in in the open space. So everybody was able to hear the question and to benefit from the question and the response. He asked some issues about, um, you know, how does one go about expanding their practice? And if if that's something that you're looking to do, how do you identify a new niche? What are the steps that you take to build your practice in that direction? So yeah, it's, it's basically if you're a trust and estates person and you have a question that veers into a real estate matter. If you're a solo practitioner, you can't walk down the hall and ask the real estate partner, how do I address this issue? So we offer the pop-up law firm as an opportunity for people to bring those questions and get the feedback of other experienced professionals. Yeah, that was a really great exchange at the last meeting, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because it was really like a very textbook kind of example of like seeing an opportunity, exploring the opportunity, and then acting on it in a very strategic and effective way. Mm-hmm. Which is not, like, it's something like I struggle to find such clear-cut things to bring on the podcast. And so, to, you know, to have that and be able to share that and ask questions of the attorney who had done that, I thought was super powerful. As well as the attorney who kind of gave a pep talk about yes. solo practi- practicing. And that was, right. yes. that was Jesse. Jesse, yeah. Right. And he was talking about uh, potentially leaving and then how he realized that this was, that solo practice was really the only thing that he was interested in Right. It was very doing. personal because yeah. he was feeling low energy on being a solo practitioner earlier in the summer and was having lots of doubts. And he basically just shared his <laughs> a short bio about himself coming through a period of questioning and then reaffirming his surety in what he's doing and then sharing that with everybody was really uplifting there were definitely <laughs> we some all enjoyed it chins i think that came <laughs> up a little that were like oh okay yeah that's yeah i mean i, I think seeing that support was really oh it's great really nice. yeah yeah reinforce the deliberate nature of our solo practices for sure so any what have i missed about deliberate solos anything anything that's that's special about the group or anything that um you know that that really your members can't get anywhere else 
think they can't get the savvy programming anywhere else. <laughs> I do think our programming is is different, and because Dana and I both approach it from a place of abundance and honestly, I have to say it's the feminine touch of curating the experience, everything from the room we're in to the way the room is set up when we're having whatever presentation or, or group interaction to the emails that we send. It's all very carefully thought out. And I think it elicits a, a an environment that you don't find in other groups. I agree. I think that both Sarah and I have somewhat an, of an unorthodox approach to our legal practices and possibly to the practice of law as a whole. Sarah is informed by a lot of Eastern influences. And my background is not only as a lawyer, but I also have a master's degree, which I got in international affairs after beginning the practice of law, which um, makes both of us, I think, aware of the idea that the practice of law isn't such a confined thing, that there are these other industries, you know, like I mentioned, organizing, coaching, all these other uh, spheres of thought and ideas that can inform our work as attorneys and can make us better attorneys. So I think that that's also something um, you need to deliberate solos that other networking groups will not offer. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to our listeners who have joined us for this episode. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Wherever you find us, please leave a like or a review. Extended content can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It is just legalmarketing.studio. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.